Hello, everyone. Welcome to the AMT Tech Trends podcast, where we discuss the latest manufacturing technology and news. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by AM Radio. I'm the director of technology, Benjamin Moses, and I'm here with Stephen Lamarca, technology analyst. Steve, I'm pumped today. I'm really excited. Today it, is the first day of many days. <laughs> this is a super episode <laughs> where we talk about IMTS. That was such a Madden call right there. <laughs> but but seriously, like we were thinking about it. Yep. We've this is like a two part episode. Correct. The next podcast episode will be essentially the same thing but different. <laughs> um, and then we'll be at IMTS. That's right. And we're going to be doing podcasts the entire time there, yep. like like mini sodes. And then after IMTS, I'm sure we're going to have a wrap up. It's going to be the end of the year. So then we're going to have an end of the year wrap up. This is the beginning of the holiday season, essentially. <laughs> IMTS is a holiday. That's fantastic technology. It's its own holiday season, but it's also the beginning of the actual holiday season, too. That's true. This is a big deal. This is where this year, 2022, is about to get really crazy. <laughs> At the end of the year, it's about to get really crazy. Yeah. This is the end of the year. <laughs> And it's only month eight. Well, the fun thing about being at IMTS is being in Chicago. Yes. Steve, tell me about food. What's your, what type of food do you like being in, being in Chicago and traveling? So every time I go to Chicago, yep. doesn't matter what quality, doesn't matter like where I go. Yep. I've got to get Chicago pizza. Chicago deep dish pizza. Yes. Sauce on top of the cheese. <laughs> That the sauce is, is that, on top, a top of the cheese. That is accurate. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't matter where I go, though. Seriously, it can be like one of those kiosks in the airport. Yeah, when I go yeah. to Chicago, I, I prefer it not be. Sure. But like if I go to Chicago, I'm getting Chicago deep dish. I do like a hole in the wall place. That you can find a deep dish. I'm not going to go to Uno's. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. I mean, I'll still go to Uno's, <laughs> obviously. Sure. Um, but uh, if, if there is like, you know, a mom and pop craft chicago deep dish place that yeah. hasn't taken off yet right i want to find it you know but also i have a job to do <laughs> <laughs> there you know chicago is known for their steaks there's a lot of nice steakhouses up there mm -hmm. um we visited a couple of so many steaks, good steak but you can't really go wrong you with can't a make a mistake and i think our members and our listeners would enjoy a good steak also That's for good sure <laughs> for sure and one thing that an old colleague of ours pointed out in Chicago that's that is a big deal, but kind of like an unsung hero of Chicago. Pierogies. Pierogi, that's fair. Oh, that's right. We visited a great pierogi place last time in uh um uh, our last show that we attended. I, I really want to find some pierogies this year. But yeah. it, I, you know, um, so being that exhibitions is trusting me again, <laughs> by the way, this isn't the first or second time. Sure. They're trusting me again with the rally fighter. Yep. If Portillo's has a drive-through window, I'm definitely pulling the IMTS wrapped for 2022 Rally Fighter, wearing my brand new pit pit vipers, which should be arriving soon, mm -hmm. and my American flag bandana through uh, a Portillo's drive-through, so I can get a dog, I can get Italian beef, and a chocolate cake shake. Make sure you leave the wrapper in the car. For sure, that's what you do with a fast food drive-through. Just leave you the wrapper to, in your car. You have to make the car a mess. <laughs> fast food is for isn't necessarily for filling your belly. It's for making a mess of your vehicle. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, related to all of that, um, one of my college classmates um, used to work at, in the Chicago PD and has since moved on, and now is working Homeland Security. Uh -huh. But I reached out to him yesterday 
to be like, hey, are you still with the Chicago PD? And he's like, no, I'm with Homeland Security. But anyway, I was like, I was telling him what's going on, why I'm going to be in Chicago and what I'm going to be doing. Right. And I was like, I was really hoping you were still a cop because I want to be pulled over and arrested on camera. <laughs> like, and I want you to do like the whole, like shoving my face against sure. the hood of the vehicle and everything. This needs to, this would be gold. That would be fine. And he was like, we can still have it arranged <laughs> with federal guides this time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely take advantage. I mean, the uh, event itself is fantastic. We'll get into some of the technology we're excited to see, but take f- uh, full advantage Chicago and all the amazing food. Uh, next episode, we'll talk about some of the evening activities that we are some of our favorites there also. Yes. Um, and one thing I am excited for is uh, more of the Asian influence. Last time I was in Chicago, I got some Asian hot pot. <gasps> Fantastic. I was sweating for days, which I, I wanted to. I got the spiciest broth. There's some very exotic um, things you can add to it. So it was, a, it was a fantastic experience. That's awesome. So if you want to tell us about our sponsor for today. Today's sponsor is AM Radio. AM Radio is the new podcast from Additive Manufacturing Media. Join editors Pete Zielinski, Stephanie Hendrickson, and Julia Heider as they share stories of companies succeeding with 3D printing today. Talk about emerging trends and discuss the future opportunities and potential for AM in the context of the larger manufacturing landscape. New episodes are published every other week. Subscribe now on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune into Additive. I, I think I forget if I mentioned this before, yep. but I was so pumped to meet um the, them like uh stephanie and stephanie uh, pete, pete yep. and uh julia yeah. at rapid in detroit mm-hmm. um but uh i also feel kind of bad and i want to publicly apologize to stephanie because we went one night we went speaking of pizza for chicago sure detroit has an underrated pizza but it was about chicago anyway we went out for pizza in detroit and um went to this great place buddies and nobody finished their pizza but me so i was like i'm still taking all of your leftovers like we're not letting this pizza sit here i'm right. taking i'm gonna wake up at 3 a.m and want some pizza <laughs> so let me get all of your leftovers and steph everybody like ordered awesome like pizzas with like like you know meat lovers sure. or, you know the sicilian with diavola like <laughs> spicy pepperoni and salami and stuff like that stephanie being somebody who's healthy Got her like a supreme with like green peppers, onions, olives, sure. and mushrooms on it. I love that. And I like I do all of that minus the olives and mushrooms. Sure, olives should be bled for their delicious <laughs> life juice and not consumed for their flesh at all. Sure, and mushrooms, same thing. Like they have a great flavor, but mm-hmm. the texture, I can't do it. Sure. Anyway, she's like, oh, here, have mine, too. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> you turned down and, her pizza. Oh, and man. I kind of like put her in her place and it felt really bad about that <laughs> later. And then I, I like talked to like some of the gardener guys sure. and they were like, no, dude, she doesn't care. But I still feel really <laughs> bad about it. And I'm sorry. Sorry, Stephanie. Please forgive me. Sorry for turning down her pizza. That's I, I ate everybody else's pizza. Although, to be fair, I do love a veggie lovers. All the veggies. Like, dude, pepperoncinis on pizza, jalapenos and pepperoni. That's is good. Awesome. That's fair. Let's talk about our test bed. We got some action going on there. Yeah. So, okay. In the process of dusting off the test bed and getting, you know, after shipping the robot, that was cool dismantling it, by the way. I really got to appreciate how well Sean and I assembled and installed the robot and like did all the cable management on it. Uh It was a really clean install. In fact, uh, Danielle Garcia is, is, I think they just received the robot either yesterday or earlier this week. Sure. Um, uh, he was texting me, how dude, how did you mount this? 
to like, like what kind of table did you use? Right. Like I forgot about all of that because we did <laughs> such a clean install right. and it was so easy. I included like the install installation hardware. Yep. Um, but uh, so that's something I'm going to help them with next week. Right. But uh, in terms of dusting off the test bed, cleaning it up, ready for the new pocket NC and all that. Um, when I powered up or when I plugged in the old power supply a couple weeks ago, it was totally dead. Oh, no. And like, you know, I, I, I realize like a lot of uh, uninterrupted power supplies, UPSs, you know, they don't need a screen. Like you've sure. got like two buttons. You got like a reset button, a power button, and it, and it screams at you. Right. Um, and like when you hear it beep, like, like, you know, just do like si- si- single and it, it, I get confused by them because I feel like it's Morse code. <laughs> it is. But right. like they'll beep at you to let you know that, hey, we're not taking in power right. anymore and right. we're just bleeding power. Yep. So let's try to find an outlet soon. Right. Or, you know, talk to your power company because we're about to die. <laughs> right. And I was thinking we were going to get that because it's like, you know, it's been unplugged. Uh-huh. It's been, you know, the entire pandemic. It hasn't been used. I plug it in. I power it on. It just screams at me. <laughs> solid, like <laughs> continuous scream. And I'm like, what do you want from me? I don't know. And that's a great sound in open office, by the way. It's, uh, it's <laughs> open concept office. Like, you know, everybody loves hearing a UPS scream at you. Um, same so way, anyway, we got a new power supply. Right. Ordered a new one. Um, this one's great. It has a screen so it can actually talk to me in figures that I recognize. Nice. So I don't speak Morse code. <laughs> um, and it's really cool because it has like a, re- a digital readout and tells me the load that oh, cool. it's outputting. That's handy. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool. Yep. It's set up. Right now, it's at 0% load because the only thing – it's not technically 0% right. load, but it, it because the only thing plugged into it is our uh, pop-up shop uh, Sonic Wall, right. the, um, yep. the, uh, the network, yeah. the secluded network that won't make every other network and AMT <laughs> fail. Um, Let's back up a little bit. The reason why we're uh, setting up a new Pocket NC uh, and also why you've been talking to uh, Danielle is we're sh- shipping yeah. all of our old equipment uh, all down All of the there. old equipment is effectively shipped. Yep. Other than like some minor cutting tools here and there. Yep. Um, we shipped it to our Mexico Tech Center. Uh, just to recap, our Mexico Tech Center is a facility our members use to uh, branch into international markets. So if you're interested in getting right. to Mexico, uh, we help uh, facilitate that by doing market research and also um, setting up uh, proxy hires for service and uh, help uh, bring in machines. So right. it's a fantastic And that's center. just Mexico. Like if you're in Europe, we've got yep. European tech centers too. Yep. We got one in Asia, uh, several in Asia, we got India and China. So. Um, definitely uh, valuable uh, to uh, our members. But for Mexico, uh, uh, Carlos, the GM uh, at the Mexico Tech Center, saw our test bed and saw a lot of uh, possibilities at the shows that they, they support also. So having a live demonstrator. So we first sent over the uh, Pocket NC version one, Yeah. Uh, sent to them. They had a fantastic time. They realized we have a robotic arm also. So scaling that up to a full cell. Right. Um, and that's the current experiments. We shipped down our old uh, ro- robotic arm. And you're headed down there next week. Uh, yeah, they, they want train. the full on test bed. Yep. So we're giving them the old test bed as we rebuild a new one yep. effectively. Uh, heading down there next week. I'm really excited for it to help them, you know, um, when building a test bed, you learn a lot. There's yep. a lot of minor failures that you experience, but you take you take away lessons learned from them. Right. And I'm going to help them set up theirs up right away. Because I, I I know everything that we ran into. Yep. Um, so they're they're gonna take off running with it though, because 
you know, they, they have like a team of people as for up here. Right. It was like just me and, and then Russ and Sharab occasionally. Right. But um, yeah, they, they've been having a blast with it. They saw yeah. it working yeah. at IMTS in 2018. Right. And we're like, we kind of want this to take to our South American trade shows and, yeah. and they've been crushing it with yeah. it. So uh, they've been getting that the pocket NC has been getting a lot of mileage, <laughs> but I will stay still, even though like, you know, they've been making a lot more chips with it than I ever did. Right. I broke the machine all of the times <laughs> and had it fixed and did special repair jobs that pocket NC had to like help me with like yep. getting proper stepper motor gears or redesigning the stepper motor uh-huh. gears to keep the belt drive for the B table yep. uh, aligned uh-huh. and continuously aligned. So I helped them make a more reliable machine. <laughs> you know, Thanks, just Steve. to I might not be good at making parts, but. I do want to Quality highlight control is my jam. <laughs> I do want to uh, highlight one special thing from uh, your planning to go to Mexico. Oh, yes. Uh, so international travel is I would it's say, new to me. It's sketchy at best for even the most experienced traveler. Yeah. There's always logistic problems. There's always some kind of conversion. There's always some hidden fee. There's always some train you got to take somewhere. Don't, if you're going well, to don't Europe. spoil it yet. <laughs> but anyway, I booked my flights. Right. You know, flights got really expensive. Sure. And I was like looking at United. And looking at United, United, it was just Mexico. This right. is like the same distance as like going to Chicago, <laughs> you know, or something like that. I, I'm not a, I, I don't know geography, <laughs> but it's not that much different. Sure. It's like an hour, two hour flight at most, right. but because it's international, I have to do a transfer. Right. Which is really weird because everybody else told me I'd be able to fly direct, but apparently going to Monterey, I got to stop in Texas. Hmm. Anyway, um, was looking at United flights. They were like two thousand, three thousand dollars for a flight. Wow, basic economy. Right. I look at American. Americans like economy sold out, but first class <laughs> is only like nine hundred dollars wow. or eleven hundred, nine hundred to eleven hundred dollars. I'm like, guess we're going first, baby. <laughs> and then I learned out later that. I'm taking economy to Texas oh. and then I'm doing a 15 minute flight from Texas to Monterey. That's first class, <laughs> you know, that's so fun. I'm going to get my, in, in my 15 minute flight, I'm going to get yeah. the scotch, <laughs> but um, no, Ben is talking about the shenanigans. Well, the mini heart attack that I had booking my hotel. Right. So Carlos um, sends me a link to a holiday Inn, and I look at the room rate and it comes to like $1,500 for six days in Monterey. Right. I'm like, this is for a holiday inn. It's a little pricey. That's pretty steep. And also I've had a bad experience from when I stayed at a holiday inn in uh, San Francisco, <laughs> which already is like a pricey place. Right. But like still, I'm like, Let, let's see if there's something else there for mm-hmm. maybe at least the same price, right. if not cheaper. Um I'm looking around and it's also, this is also Mexico. So I want to make sure I go to some place. that's like, I don't exactly want to go to a motel in Mexico. Um, You're unfamiliar with the land. I I don't know the place. I'm sure their motels are great. They have, but so I'm looking around and I find this place uh, that actually is cheaper. It's 1300. So I'm like saving $200 USD on the tallest hotel in Monterey. So I'm like, like I, I want to be able to see the place right. from my hotel room, you. the entire country. Let's go here. And it's a great rate. Monterey is very beautiful. I, I, it looks beautiful. I can't wait to see it in person. Anyway, it says, okay, six days at this place, $1,300. Yep. 
I enter all my information, enter my personal card information because <laughs> I want those sweet, sweet points. Right. And double check everything. And I click book now. Sure. I, I swear to you, <laughs> as soon as I click book now, this it, it like kind of like fades out the screen. You see the little spinny wheel. Right. And then all of a sudden, the number $1,300 quit. Octuple, it <laughs> multiplies by eight to like it, it just astro- t- nearly $27,000. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, thankfully you were nearby. And I'm like, Ben, Ben, let me explain what just happened. I am dying inside. Right. My bowels are about to release. And, and Ben's like, make sure they're not, it didn't just transfer it to pesos. <laughs> and I check it and they're like, Okay, it's not in dollars anymore. <laughs> right. It just went to pesos. It's the local economy. And so that. crisis averted. <laughs> was like, I just charged twenty seven thousand dollars to Dude, a personal credit card. That's fun times. The joys of international travel, man. And when I checked my credit card, like when I logged onto like the Chase app, right, it was like it, the first notification that pops up: we just increased your limit. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting. Thanks, Chase. <sighs> so, Steve. IMTS. I, I I think the the best way to talk about IMTS is kind of give them the user experience, right? Okay. So I think you know, w- getting to McCormick Place and then kind of walking through the show. I think that's uh, the flow we should talk about. Okay. Episode today. So how would you get to the show? Could we got new we got new people, we got experienced people. So let's say you're staying in Chicago. You've already had all of the food that we've talked about. It's, <laughs> right. it, it, you know, that was Sunday night. It's Monday morning, first day of the show. You get a taxi, Uber, Lyft. We'll get into the shuttle later. Yep. You take, let's say you just either walk or take taxi, Uber, Lyft to, um, to the front door McCormick place. Right. You walk through the doors, those front doors. You see the fountains on your right at least in the past years, just to the right is like the check-in table mm-hmm. desks and kiosks and booths, you know, whatever term you want to use. Um, and then to the left is the big wide staircases yep. going up to the main hall. That's right. And then like back again, back over to your right where you like you check in to the right, even more is another smaller staircase mm-hmm. that leads up to the West building. That's right. But it's your first time yep. you just checked in. You're back in front of the fountains. Yep. You yep. walk up the big stairs and you see the main stage you see main hall you see all yep. the all the banners that jacob designed uh yeah and that's, that's an experience to take in because it is massive and you know you mentioned you know if your first time you could definitely travel however you want but the hotels that are booked through the uh uh through the uh, imts website yes. also has recommendations for shuttles so most of the hotels that you're going to stay at uh, through the site, uh, they'll have a shuttle service and they'll round about um, a These large big charter, charter bus. Fantastic ride. Easy. Get in and out. They run in the mornings. You're and then of course on, a, on a ride with a bunch of like minded individuals. <laughs> what? How often do the shuttles run every 15 minutes? Something like that. Yeah. Every half hour. I don't know. So the I think they do have different drop off locations, but I usually take the one that drops you off at South Hall um, and that'll take you to uh, slightly just right of the main entrance that Steve mentioned. So it's roughly the same location. As soon as you come out of the shuttles, you'll head left a little bit. Just follow the crowd. That's yes. that's a big theme in IMTS sometimes is just follow the crowd. Follow yes, the follow crowd. the crowd. There are big signs. <laughs> yeah. So like, like it's yes, it's easy to get lost, but it right. is so easy to be found again. Right. So just follow the crowd left. They'll have attendants directing you also. Make sure you don't head right. 
which you can, whatever. Uh, and then you'll get to the same location, uh, the same massive entrance, and you're glorified with the stairs, uh, the check-in, of course, and stairs leading up to yeah. uh, the main concourse uh, that separates um, Dude, north and south. Dude, now I know what you were saying. Before we, were, before we started recording, so the shuttles will either drop you off at the edge of South Hall. Right. You can also, the shuttles will also... Uh, like the shuttles will have signs on them. Shuttles will also drop you off at East Hall. That's right. Too. All right. So instead of having, to I walk recommend all there, if it's your first time, make sure you take the South Hall shuttles. Agreed. It'll be easier to find your way around. Yes, it'll get you a good frame of reference. I mean, unless you work for Hexagon or something like that, <laughs> and it's your first time and you need to be at the hall, your hall and booth right away. Then you want to take East, but we can get into that later. We'll that's, get for, that. that's for the next episode. Exactly. Next hey. episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you walk up the stairs and you see the main stage. We're going to have a lot of great content on the stage. Yes. Um, and uh, there's a North and South hall. So the, uh, you have the hall left and right. Correct. So when you enter uh, South hall, will be on your right. And uh, within each hall, they have pavilions. So basically groupings of technology. Now there are uh, some technologies that are spread out because they all have some companies that have multiple type of technologies. Right, right. But in the South it's mainly metal removal. That metal removal. The, the, heart. The, the heart and soul the bread and butter of the manufacturing industry is That's in right. the South Hall. You'll see mills, lathes, Swiss turns, all kinds of yeah. cutting machinery. It's fantastic. And that's why actually we spend a lot of our time uh, introducing our staff to. So that's you know probably one of the first parts we'll go to is when someone mentions manufacturing, you, you, they're going to talk you about. You will see everything yep. in the South Hall from, you know, your Bridgeport and email <laughs> uh, to all the way up to the latest and greatest multi-axis, multi-spindle, multitasking, closed loop manufacturing cell, <laughs> and, excuse me, machine that so, would go with greatness cell. And the key thing and is valuable uh, because, uh, you know, you mentioned it is the heart of the industry, this core value and the equipment that's shown there. Uh, but there are significant uh, advances in the technologies, right? So we're not just talking about. Right. Uh, Equipment that's been around for 30 years. Every year we're seeing new technology, either incremental changes on the machine or new technology being added to the machine. Yeah. Uh, so like some of the uh, greatest uh, improvements are like human to machine interfaces. So just. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, new controllers on machines <laughs> and how they interact with the machine. I mean, we're seeing significant changes in like precision and accuracy also. So just, you know, your I'll call it off the shelf. Yeah. Three axis uh, mill is significantly different uh easier to use and probably more accurate than you know machine how, that's 10 15 years old honestly how crazy is it that in like 50 years we've gone from knobs and wheels <laughs> to straight up industrial grade 32 inch ipads yeah just touch screens and the interface it, and that's a nice part about it the interface is so flexible so the operator can see what they're most interested in seeing on their dashboard that they can customize uh, so HMIs are very good. They'll uh, never get rid of the e-stop button, though. That is something <laughs> uh, I can safely report and be very positive about. I 100% agree. E-stop isn't going anywhere. Pocket NC, like the earlier Pocket NC yep. 5-axis desktop machine tools, you know, we've got two of them. You know, the first one that we had yep. uh, didn't technically have an e-stop. It had a big yellow button that right. was a pause button, but right. it wasn't an e-stop. The new ones definitely have them. an e-stop. So, <laughs> so they tried to get away from it, yeah. maybe kind of, yeah. sort of, but it's back. E-stops are back. They're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. Everybody calm down. <laughs> uh, the other thing we've seen a lot is uh, automation. And the, that's one thing yes. that we've heard a lot of feedback on. 
there's no automation pavilion. Yeah, that's partially true, but automation is so prevalent. Uh, automation by itself is um, we're seeing it attached to uh, other devices or being uh, shown as uh, in place. So you, there won't there isn't an automation pavilion. You're seeing a lot more in place. Automation is one of those foundational technologies. Yep. That's like it's it's like as a new as a newcomer or anybody who's just looking to get in. Maybe it not you're not necessarily an INTS newcomer, but now you're finally interested in a robot. Right. That would be like you know n- not to not to be off putting, but like there's no automation pavilion or specific building that has all of the automation in it. Because that would be like going to IMTS and be like, where can I find materials? <laughs> sure. Materials is going to be everywhere. Right. You know, right. every single pavilion, every single uh, building is interested in the latest materials or, you know, the traditional materials that goes into, you know, uh, uh, the manufacturing industry. Automation is the same way. Yep. Now, I will say, while you'll be able to find robots, robot arms, automation, literally everywhere in the show. The biggest automation dedicated booths are probably going to be in the North Hall. Maybe. We'll let them look it, around. That's fair. Maybe. Maybe. Go find for yourself. The last time I saw that, <laughs> this is all data from IMTS 2018. It could be different this year. North and South, I think, will have probably the highest prevalence, right? Yeah. So, um, and the last section we'll see in uh, or trend in metal removal is uh, in machine uh, measurement or metrology. Yes. So the reason I break it up is uh, seeing obviously yes. what uh, tool probes. So being able to measure the tools in machine or know the endpoint. So um, and also um, metrology. So being able to measure parts in situ or in machine. Right. Um, and that's now metrology trend. in general is going to be in the east building. Correct. But but in machine metrology and to see how far integrated metrology systems are in metal removal machines. Yep. It's all going to be in South Hall. That's right. That's right. So. As you're walking around South Hall and you're ready to transition back to North, you're going to cross the uh, main concourse. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you're going to be hit with uh, as you get into North Bill, the North section, is the ETC, Emerging Technology Center. Space. Manufa- advanced manufacturing <laughs> in space. There's a lot of themes um, going to carry out through um, throughout IMTS related to space. And that's interesting because, you know, to be honest, 10 years ago, space was it's a it's a high dollar market. But such, such low volume, you know, right. there's not many people launching stuff. There's not many manufacturers for space. And over the past couple of years, we have new manufacturers for rocket engines. You have new launch vehicles. You have new companies that are trying to get to space. You have new companies producing uh, micro satellites. You have commercial f- like flight tickets to get to space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To some degree. To some degree. And so the ETC is going to uh, highlight a bunch of things about the uh, emergence of manufacturing for space. Uh, so they're going to you can walk through uh, one section of a life size 3D printed lunar habitat, uh, learn about software used to design and print the habitat, and see a live additive cell printing and milling a prototype lunar habitat door. So there's a lot going on in the ETC, and I, I really the the cool thing about the ETC is it shows the inspiration of the future, and you know all the adjacent technology related to producing that new new cool of uh, new cool piece of equipment yeah printing a house on the moon wish i could get somebody to print me a house in virginia soon, soon. <laughs> if you can afford a house i mean <laughs> I that's do, the other I get the land first you know <laughs> all right and then as you pass through you know there's a couple of pavilions in north that i definitely want to hit on one is the abrasive machining sawing and finishing 
um, and there's a lot of trends. Uh, got a couple articles here that talk about uh, some of the pavilions. You know, grinding is uh, a value add in the in the industry, uh, right. and is definitely underrated. Uh, so when you talk about grinding, so you talk you can talk about um, uh, surface finish or and mm-hmm. or uh, material form. So when you talk about clapping, when you're talking about close tolerance pieces um, or tolerant or parts that require a high surface finish, you're probably going to get into some specialized finishing. You're going to find gear generation in in the north building. Yep. Yep. We'll get into that. Uh, That's a a different pavilion. Definitely get into that. Right. Right. uh, right. A little bit. Um, But yeah, the um, the abrasive uh, sections, you know, they're pushing tolerances um, further um, and you can definitely find. some new shifts in that type of equipment also. So grinding equipment, they're seeing a simpler uh, operation, similar to the uh, metal removal where they're talking about um, different types of HMIs, so it's easier to use, uh, and maintenance. Abrasives aren't easy to maintain. Let's be honest. There's a lot of swarf, a lot of small yes. chips, right? So yeah. it's a different type of um, maintenance that's required. Um, and also big shifts for connected systems and automation. So being able to pull d- data, um, from the uh, equipment and being able to automate uh, material loading, material handling, um, and similar trends are in the metal removal where you're seeing that embedded into the equipment. So definitely some similar trends in the abrasive uh, section uh, as with the uh, metal right. removal pavilion. Um, before we get to gears, uh, definitely want to hit on fabricating and lasers in the north. And... And water jets. Water jet That's, cutting. Yeah. Like all of the you know, like manufacturing, AMT, yep. IMTS, all of like the greenies, like, you know, people new to the industry, people new to AMT or IMTS, they all love the water jet booths. Absolutely. It's it's, it's uh, like it's a it's big new. swimming pool hot tub thing that with like <laughs> like machine parts coming out of yeah. it. And it's you, know, you go up to it and you see what they're doing and it splashes you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just fun. And they, and the people are really nice. They come up to you and they hand you parts and they're like, right. this is made out of titanium. And you're like, Oh my God, this is cool. <laughs> it is fantastic to see. It, it's, it's the best experience. place to go on your first time. It's fun. Um, the, let's see, this is the last section in, uh, North. Yeah. The last one I want to get to in North is the gear generation pavilion. And this is cool because we, they, they're definitely pushing the envelope similar to the abrasive Dude. and metal removal. Um, so the big trend that they're seeing and the reason why they're uh, pushing the market so much more is there's a big push for quieter gears, uh, particularly driven from the EV market where there's barely any sound. So if you hear a gear whine, which to be honest, I do like a gear whine. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> there's barely any sound, but but let's not forget that you know consumer products, they want the gears to be quieter. Right. But we're in this beautiful time where engines both ev and gas engines are so ridiculously powerful right and make so much output that these gears need to be able to put up with a yeah. lot yeah so they need to be quiet and they need to be strong yep yep and obviously gearing has changed with the, the ev uh with the uh, uh motors now so you know having the gears take different loads higher loads mm-hmm. is definitely significant dif- difference and so you'll see a lot of trends one is uh, getting to mirror-like finishes uh to help reduce wear and vibration uh, there's a couple of, a bunch of companies addressing that. Also, closed loop gear manufacturing. So, being able to produce, yeah, um, and measure on the fly, so you close loop gear manufacturing. That is a significant shift for the industry. So that's fantastic. To and see. you to get things really confusing. Sorry, you will see some of that in South. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Um, and of course, 
you know, we've been talking about the consumer market for uh, cars and vehicles, but also aerospace is definitely shifting to uh, different gears. Um, mm-hmm. Or I don't know. I think, um, you know, um, you're seeing a lot more applications on um, helicopters and on uh, aircraft. So the entire market for gears is definitely shifting. And I think they're all trying to achieve the same thing where they're definitely a lot more horsepower output that they, the gears have to handle. And they're looking for um, better efficiency and uh, quieter uh, emissions. Yeah, the, it, it's it's really not fair um, how little publicity jet engines have got. Like the development sure. of jet engines have got over you know the past decade or so. Yep. they've come really far. Yeah. They mo- made them more. It's 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 so tough to describe because they've s- somehow made them more modular right. yet also more integrated. And yeah. by that I mean they're easier to work on yet there are less moving parts. That's fascinating. And there's more. Right. It's. But I, same, would, I would need somebody from aerospace <laughs> to explain, but like the way what I've seen is wild. Yeah. And their constant drive for higher efficiency and lower emissions. Every year they're trying to drop their CO2 emissions and use less gas or use different types of gas. Now, and, I yeah. don't I don't think we'll see EV planes anytime soon, at least a large size. I could definitely see uh, Tim and I were talking I about. I think we're going to see that anytime trends soon. in maybe like small business jet, like four person. Because the uh, thought jets. of that's still terrifying. It's yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's brand new, but uh, so it, there's a lot of shifts uh, in the industry headed that way. Now, um, there's definitely a lot more upstairs, uh, but there's a highlight that we want to talk about yes. downstairs, dude. Why don't you intro me into the next section? So l- l- let me paint a little picture first. In in previous IMTS, at, at, at some previous IMTS shows like that I've been to 2016 and 2018. Um, some of the exhibitors and show attendees have remarked on where are these children coming from? <laughs> like, wh- what are these children doing in the main show right. at IMTS? And fair question. You know, maybe some of these remarks may have been a little negative, but it's a fair question. Sure. And this year, the, the, the answer to that question is they all came from the student summit. Correct. You know, they're they're co- going in and out of the student summit. Which is, they just got uh, lunch and right. haven't made their way back to the student summit yet and have wandered into like the other halls. Right. But they're, they're going in and out of the student summit. And the student summit is basically IMTS junior. I don't mean that junior in like a I mean, in like a young, you know, pre-industry kind of way. Sure. Education based yep. uh, IMTS. And for students, college students through, is it, is it K through 12 to college? Sure. It's something yep. like that. Right. And there's so much. It's always been really cool. The, the student summit has always been sick. It's always been like a children's museum for manufacturing. Yep. Um, but this year, that's actually a bad way to put it because it's more than just children. It's also adults who are trying to get into the industry um, professionally. Um, but uh, there's been... This year, we're seeing so much cool stuff, and and one that I really can't wait to see, Boston Dynamics. I yeah. don't think Boston Dynamics would be at IMTS Without if it wasn't hunt. for the Student Summit. That's fair. Like I, that's a bold statement. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna stand by it. Yeah, definitely. So let me recap a couple of key elements uh, for the Student Summit. Right. So it is about education and exposing manufacturing to a large uh, yeah. younger crowd. So it does K through uh, co- uh, collegiate. Yes. Um, and it's, uh, you know, a couple of things, right. Making learning fun and practical for, um, uh, students of all ages, um, introduce students to uh, manufacturing and industry 4.0 or data-driven manufacturing, um, and connecting college A students to job and intern opportunities. Yeah. 
um, and also delivering education opportunities for uh, teachers. So it's looking at the full ecosystem of, um, you know, the education system for uh, I, manufacturing. I, I, I just had all of those earlier remarks because I think this year is going to be a total like 180 degree turnaround. Uh-huh. The student summit's going to have a tough time keeping the rest of the show out of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And we could definitely hit on that a little not, bit more because we don't want it. We want the rest of the show to come visit the student summit. Right. But like, and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of traffic down there. And that's why we wanted to bring it up in the episode today, because it the content, uh, the student summit is obviously geared towards um, that age group. But also uh, as a visitor, being able to see the type of equipment that they have down there uh, and the new uh stuff that's probably not going to be upstairs. There is some connection between uh, some of the companies downstairs and the student summit and their main uh, spot on the, uh, on the, in the pavilions. Um, but there's a lot of new technology that they're advancing. So <clears throat> Boston dynamics is g- going to be there. Um, Haas and um, Autodesk, they have a micro factory. So yeah. they're, they're demoing from art to part. The process include part modeling, programming, machining, and automation and how each steps integrates uh, from the entire development cycle. So, um, and then they have a VR. Um, so ABB has got a section with SME, MIT, transfer VR, and there's a lot going on there. I mean, if you want to, if you want, uh, to be filled in on like what's going on with AR and VR in the yep. industry, you're going to find that answer at the student summit. Absolutely. Um, and back to robotics. So, uh, Boston Dynamics is bringing spot, um, also FANUC universal. I can't wait to see spot. Uh, so there's an entire section on, uh, automation. Um, and connecting back to the ETC and probably the other trends in the other pavilion, NASA is going to be down there. Uh, so they'll have a model of the uh, space launch system uh, and the Orion space, uh, spacecraft, uh, which will be used to put the first person, first woman and first person of color on the lunar surface. So there's, there's a lot of new stuff going on. There's going to be another uh, a big organization uh, exhibiting at the Smart Four Student Summit. Tell me. My favorite places in the industry, the American Precision Museum. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I hinted on it earlier saying that yeah. it's like a museum down there. There's right. literally going to be a museum there. <laughs> so it is interesting to see a lot of the collaboration. And I think that's valuable for the industry to see is one, some of the cutting edge stuff that's being brought up. And uh, I think a lot of companies are struggling to develop their own workforce. So getting inspiration on what tools and what capabilities are available at the student summit that either they can bring in or they can partner with some of these companies to say, you know, if you have a large workforce, how do we continue pushing the envelope? How do we continue developing uh, that workforce for the future and right. the growth of that company? So there's a lot of good inspiration there. And, and to be honest, I mean, there's a lot of uh, job opportunities that are also displayed there too. So yeah. definitely very value add to just stop by the student summit and take a look around. And, and, you know, I a hundred percent agree. And there's not a lot of news coming out right now about, you know, what's going on with the latest cutting tool companies sure. or or companies in the manufacturing industry right now. But because of this episode and why we're going over everything right now is the time where everybody's getting super secretive because <laughs> all of this stuff is about to debut at IMTS. That's so true. we're not going to see these these episodes aren't going to have the most actual news because the news is going to happen at IMTS. You're yep. going to see it in person. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you used uh, the term uh, heartbeat of the industry f- for metal removal. Pit. Um, when I was talking to uh, Peter and Tim and trying to, you know, how do you, for someone that's not familiar with the manufacturing industry or someone not familiar with the IMTS, how do you describe that to them? So I actually described IMTS itself as a heartbeat of the manufacturing industry. You know, we have a big pulse going on right now and there's a lot of anticipation building up to your point. 
a lot of companies are going to be releasing new technologies at IMTS. So the best place to see the reveals and see how this piece of, mach piece of machinery can interact with other equipment, that is the best place to have these conversations and understanding where your company sits in terms of the technology uh, landscape. So I'm really excited, Steve. I can't wait, dude. I'm going to gain five pounds eating at Chicago. <laughs> that I, don't week. Even, I don't even want to talk about that. I got to figure out my workout routine that week. I would love to be able to just fit into some of my suits before the show. <laughs> Forget about after. We need to find an on-site tailor there. <laughs> I should have taken the stairs today. We'll be there the whole week. So uh, if you guys uh, find us at IMTS, we're going to be um, broadcasting at a couple of different locations. On Saturday, we'll be on the main stage doing our podcast. Hashtag find us. Hashtag so. find me. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Steve, besides at IMTS, where else can they find more info about us? amtonline.org slash resources. And IMTS.com. Awesome. I want to thank today's sponsor, AM Radio. And bye, everyone. Stephanie, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>